Hi, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is With Italia News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Monday, March 15, 2021. As every Monday, just a few numbers about the situation of the contagion in Italy, which is not good at all. Over the past seven days, we averaged 21,315 new positives per day, a percentage change of plus 9.5% compared with the previous seven days. In the same period, the average change in the number of patients admitted to the COVID wards was plus 16%. With regard to intensive care units, instead, in the last seven days, the average change was plus 22.4%. On average, in the last seven days, we had 337 deaths with a variation of plus 13.1% compared to the previous seven days. As I always say, the minus would be good news because they show a trend that goes in the right direction. But once again, this week, we have no minus, only plus signs. It's very worrying. The good thing is that the curve is going up, but it continues to slow its ascent. For now, we have to base our hope, patience, and resilience on that and on the vaccines. The data say that we have administered the first dose of the vaccine to 6,610,000 people, 10.90% of the population. 1,969,000 of them received the second dose too. The ranking of the regions by percentage of vaccinations made compared by the doses that delivered say that in the first three places from the top, Alvareda, Osta, Puglia and Tuscany, in the last three places from the bottom are the three regions that have been there for almost a month, Sardinia, Calabria and Liguria. <clears throat> With the new government, vaccinations in Italy are accelerating and we are already seeing the first results of this acceleration. In the first 11 days of March alone, Italy administered 30% of all vaccinations made up to the end of February, double the average of the previous two months. <clears throat> the current daily rate is about 170,000 administrations per day. The goal is to triple it soon. <clears throat> Another goal of the government, the new government, is also to vaccinate 60% of Italians by the end of July and 80% by the end of September, thus in fact achieving herd immunity by the end of the summer. But the problem seems not to end. First doses of the Johnson & Johnson single-dose vaccine will be delayed and will not arrive in Europe before mid to late April. AstraZeneca has announced new and further cuts in supplies <coughs> and is unlikely to reach a target of 40 million doses to the European Union by the end of March, of which five to Italy, and up to June will barely reach 70 million, but should have been because they promised by signing a contract 180. For this reason, the EU Commission is considering a suspension of payments. Meanwhile, it has become clear why AstraZeneca promised so many doses and delivers few. <coughs> Four plants had been dedicated to EU citizens, but two are in Great Britain, and from there the British decided not to export a single vial, despite the fact that 9.1 million doses were exported from Europe to Great Britain. The third plant in the Netherlands has never gone into production because AstraZeneca has not yet submitted the necessary documentation to the European Agency. It may do so at the end of the month. <coughs> in practice, only the plant located in Belgium is functioning. The European Commission is also under pressure because a group of five countries led by Austria with Bulgaria, Latvia, Slovenia and the Czech Republic has been formed to ask the EU to review the system of allo allocation of doses delivered so far. They complain that the proportional mechanism of the beginning is uh, uh, no longer followed, which is true, 
But there is a motive. This is because these five countries legitimately gave up the additional quotas of Pfizer and Moderna, which are much more expensive. They probably trusted everything to AstraZeneca, they gambled everything to AstraZeneca, and as we have seen, they bet on the wrong horse. From today <coughs> and until April 6, Italy will be colored red and orange, the color of the highest restrictions, with the exception of Sardinia, which will remain in the white area. The average age of COVID positive in Italy in the last three weeks has dropped to 44 years, and this is also due to the fact that one in three people in the range 80-89 years has already received at least, at least one dose of the vaccine. The national scenario is going towards high risk, and the epidemic is expanding for the sixth consecutive week. Even here in Rome, we are in the red zone and then again in full lockdown. You can go out only for emergencies, work, or to buy food and medicines. The regions in full lockdown are 10, <coughs> plus the autonomous province of Trento. They are Emilia-Romagna, Friuli, Venezia, Giulia, Lazio, Lombardy, Marche, Piedmont, Puglia, Veneto, Campania and Molise. The other ones are in orange zone, with the exception of Sardinia, not even yellow but white, almost no restrictions. Italy's GDP should reach plus 4.1% in 2021 and plus 4% in 2022. This is what emerges from the economic forecasts of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development presented yesterday. In the Eurozone growth is expected to be 3.9% in 2021 and 3.8% in 2022. It is the first time in a long time that in forecasts such as these, Italy does better than Europe. We all hope that this is the case, indeed, that things will go even better. And speaking of hope, Italy's first COVID-tested train will start in April 2021 on the Rome-Milan route. Staff and passengers will undergo rapid testing before boarding the train. The Italian railways will develop this solution, especially on tourist destination for the summer. And a lot of you ask me if you will be able to come back in the summer in Italy. I really don't know. I hope so. It's not certain. We have to wait. It's possible, but it's not certain. <clears throat> The Italian Railways also presented the Health Train, a convoy that allows the transfer and treatment of patients with dedicated medical staff on carriages equipped by specific medical equipment. The train also has three carriages with intensive care beds and will be able to circulate throughout Europe and is a unique initiative in the world. Unfortunately, many Italians have been killed by the terrible virus and a couple of days ago a very special one died. I don't know how many people in America, how many of you know, knew him. His name was Raul Casadei, and he was the king of Liscio. Liscio is a ballroom dance born in Romagna between the end of the 19th century and the first decades of the 20th century. It is a mix of three dances, mazurka, waltz, and polka. Liscio has become synonymous with one of the most extraordinary areas of Italy, Romagna, and no artist has ever represented the music as much as Casadei has embodied Liscio and therefore Romagna. To be clear, Romagna is the land where Federico Fellini was born, in Rimini, but no one more than Casadei represented Romagna, a place made famous because it is the home of fun, smiles, taste and passion. Licio's most famous song is Romagna Mia, and even though it was written by his uncle, it is Raul Casadei who made it famous. Every Italian remembers this great Italian as a simple man, smiling, good, happy, sunny just like Liscio, an anthem to optimism. We are all in mourning here in Italy, even if we know that now they are singing and dancing Liscio in heaven. Let me end this video with a personal thanks. The first is to Anna Penza, who answered my phone call when I booked my vaccine. The second <coughs> is to Celeste Radatti, 
the beautiful nurse who gave me the first shot of the vaccine last Friday. I went there right after making the Weedy Italian News video. Through them, I want to thank with all my heart every single one of the heroes who saved lives, took care of us, helped so many Italians in any possible way. We owe them so much, a debt will never expire. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Celeste. Thanks to all of you. Please continue to stay safe and stay healthy. This was with Italian News. My name is Umberto Mucci. I'll see you next Friday. Ciao from Rome.